Welcome to the Inspiring Social Entrepreneurs Podcast. My name is Fergal Byrne. Every week, I talk to inspiring social entrepreneurs and changemakers dedicated to building a better world. Here, they tell their stories, the highs and the lows, and share what they have learned to help other social entrepreneurs and changemakers on their journeys. A balance between social and commercial, or social and financial, whichever way you want to look at it, it's the crux of any good social enterprise. Every single day, all our managers, most of our staff, um, are bored at monthly meetings, the executives, the balance they have to make all the time is the social, commercial, commercial, social, social, commercial. Um, and it changes, you know, it changes on, you know, on what's happening all the time, you know, on the day to day. Um, and what's happening with the business and what's happening um, sort of nationally. But that is the, um, you know, that's what gets you out of bed in the morning, because that is what you're trying to deliver. You're trying to deliver the commercial and the social. I am thrilled today to introduce Di Powell, who is CEO of HCT, a London-based social enterprise in the transport industry. Di has been running HCT since 1993, and over this time, HCT has grown more than a hundredfold from a small community transport provider into an award-winning national social enterprise, which now provides over 17 million passenger trips and buses in the UK every year. Dai is passionate about social entrepreneurship. He's a board member of Big Society Capital in the UK, is the chair of the Disabled Persons Transport Advisory Committee and a Social Enterprise UK board member. This is a great opportunity to speak to a committed social entrepreneur who is also a strong campaigner and advocate for social enterprise as a business model that provides social outcomes using business functions. Can you tell me a little bit about your background, Dai, and how you came to uh, play the role that you now do in HCT? Um, back, back, background's very varied, so I, I haven't come from a traditional background. I was um, sort of uh, born and brought up in South Wales, um, left there, left school at 15, done various, um, loads of very strange and interesting jobs, including being a miner and a fisherman and various things. Um, but then somewhere in the mid-80s, I ended up in Hackney. Um, and I suppose... Uh, what happened, uh, right, yeah, starting there. So end up in Hackney when you come to London and you haven't got a, um, a job to come to. What most people, a lot of ordinary people tend to do is they go and work on the buses um, because it, it, it's easy to get on and it pays okay. So I became a driver for London buses. Um, I wasn't a very good driver, so after three months I had to leave. Um, and then I was um, not working for a couple of months looking for something to do and... Um, I found a very young and very small Hackney Community Transport, um, and I started there as a volunteer um, in the in the late eighties. Excellent, excellent. That's where it began. Yes, yes. And what was it? What was it doing? Uh, what was the, the core focus? I, I guess at the time you you, you joined. Um, it was providing. So when I joined HCT, it was as I say very small. There was only about four or five employees. Um, and they were providing transport for elderly and disabled people and community organisations in Hackney. Um, so it got a grant from the London Borough of Hackney to provide, provide these services, and my first role as a volunteer was to transport disabled people about um, you know, during the day, wherever they wanted to go. Great, great. And to what extent what, what, did you see what, what the organisation was doing then as some kind of social entrepreneurship or being different from, I, I don't know, a public sector related you know, uh, 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 operation or a charity or something like that? 
Um, at that time, not at all. So at that time, I say we're talking mid eighties um, or late eighties. Um, it was a very much a charity um, and a charity mindset. So I, as I say, I started as a volunteer driver. Then um, I got a job um, washing the vehicles down, um, part time job there. And then um, within a few years, I got you know so full time job and became the. Um, it was called the director then, but you know ultimately it's the chief executive, same role. Um, so we, they, the board restructured the organisation um, sort of around the uh, 92, I think it was, um, and I became the chief executive. Uh, but it was around that time then that um, Hackney was a quite a difficult borough to work in um, politically uh, because it was fairly unstable. It was, um, and therefore the financial support to HCT was very unstable. Um, so the the idea of the business model was then, well, how do we make sure that the people that need these services will get the services regardless of what happens with the grant from the council? Um, so there was a couple of years of, uh, I suppose, quite detailed debate at, um, at the board level and senior management level um, to try to turn the business the other way around. It was quite bloody as a discussion because there's quite a few people who didn't didn't think you should ever do anything commercially, um, and we had to, um, but we actually lost some board members, and um, you know we sort of had to change the board around a bit. Uh, but the idea was actually how do we provide these services that we think are right, that the community think are right, even if the um, the local authority is not able to support them themselves. Right, right. Very interesting because I, I guess I guess to the heart of what a lot of social entrepreneurship is about balancing the social and uh, and the business, I suppose as well. And um, it, it, social entrepreneurship, I suppose, has been on a journey as well um, and developed over time. It's now you know become a, a very uh, well established area uh, and, and, and with you know credibility and so forth in terms of a, as, as, a, as a model for, for organizations that you know want to produce generate social social impact I mean at the time how important was it in your mind that HCT would be a social enterprise as it were and how important what do you see as the the, the special ingredient that comes from from being a, a social enterprise? Well, at the time, the, the, the phrase social enterprise wasn't known. So um, we were just trying to trade to provide the services that we wanted to provide. So part of the income was grant, part was trading. Um, and all we were trying to do was provide services to the community. Um, we only became a social enterprise officially because we saw an award um, for the social enterprise of the, of the year. And we looked at the criteria and thought, ah, yeah, that's what we do. Um, so that was in uh, sort of late 90s or mid to late 90s. Um, and I suppose it was then that we sort of started to look at the business model as a social enterprise rather than just a um, an organization that's um, trying to deliver something. Um, so I think that, you know, the, that that came a bit, you know, sort of by accident. Obviously now, you know, social enterprises are, as you say, a well-known term and people, know, people understand, or a lot more people understand, um, you know exactly what it's about. Uh, it took us a few years from the initial conception of what we we're trying to do to become the organisation we are today. You know, um, even in sort of methodology. So to be able to uh, get the core skills that you need and the capacity that you need to be able to trade properly, 
um, and to be able to build it up to be sustainable. Uh, the balance between social and um, commercial or social and financial, whichever one you want to look at it, is, um, it's, the, it's the crux of any good social enterprise. Um, so to be a good social enterprise, you've got to be a good enterprise. Um, so you have to be a good If you're not a good enterprise, then you can't be a social enterprise. Um, so you have to get the business right. But you're there to, to deliver the social good. Uh, so every single day, all our managers, most of our staff, um, our board of monthly meetings, the executives, the balance they have to make all the time is the social, commercial, commercial, social, social, commercial. Um, and it changes, you know, it changes on, you know, on what's happening all the time, you know, on the day-to-day um, and what's happening with the business and what's happening um, sort of nationally. But that is the, um, you know, that's what gets you out of bed in the morning because that is what you're trying to deliver. You're trying to deliver the commercial and the social. That's that's very interesting, uh, and you put it very clearly that 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 balance uh, at the heart of, of what you're doing. And what does it take? What have you learned about how to do this and how to do this well? <laughs> Good lord, um, I think the people that you work with, so that is your board, your all your stakeholders, your staff, all the way through the organisation, they have to understand that balance, um, and I think they have to understand that it is a balance, and it'll swing both ways. Um, and then and the, those people, the every responsibility they have, be it, as you say, at board or operational level, have to be very clear that actually why it's, why it's going to swing both ways. Um, so why it's going to be more, more commercial one month, more social one month or one year or one week. Um, and that is, you know, that is the nature of it. And I think that it's, it's getting that understanding through people um, that everyone actually is on the same, on the same wavelength on that. Right, right. That's a uh, uh, very interesting. I suppose the like any say, enterprise, and the, that fundamentally you've got to make sure that there's enough money coming in <laughs> into the yeah. business, and and clearly, and and a surplus of profit, whatever, to to continue to grow and to to reinvest in 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 in. Uh, and I suppose to be a sustainable sustainable social enterprise. Um, how challenging is it to to have the the commercial sensibility uh, and to, to to develop that that uh, in order to 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 make sure that the you know the, the, the revenues and growth. Yeah, I mean, you know, to be a social enterprise again, there has to be enterprise there. There has to be a business. Um, so a lot of charities sometimes feel that social enterprise is an income stream. Um, it's not. It's it's a way of doing something, and first and foremost, there has to be a an enterprise there. There has to be some sort of market there, um, and then to be a good social enterprise, you've got to be good at that market. So you've got to be good at delivering what you deliver, um, because you know sort of you will have loads of competitors in the private sector, maybe even in, in the social sector, who are also trying to deliver that. Um, so you've got to get very good at the business of what you're delivering. We're very good at buses. Um, and we have to learn that and we have to become very, very good at delivering that service because what a, a commissioner or anyone else should never have to exchange value for values. So they should be able to get as good a service even within a values-driven organization as they get elsewhere. Right. That's a very interesting way of putting it. Um, and. Uh I'm just thinking uh, on on this journey. You mentioned obviously, I suppose, getting everybody on the same page at the senior level in the organisation and working together to, to create this vision of what it was, you know, what this entity would be, and and, and this mix of values. 
are there one or two other kind of key moments, would you say, in the development of the organization in HCT's history that that were have been crucial moments or uh, watershed or crossroads or uh, in the development? I mean, I suppose the biggest um, the biggest moments of challenge have been when we've taken on um, or when we've had a large growth in a in a very short period of time. Um, so we've taken on a significant contract or contracts, um, and the organisation has grown, you know, sort of, you know, 30, 40, 45, 50 percent in, you know, in a year, 18 months, um, and making sure that actually, or holding the organisation together to get the capacity in to deliver that level of organisation, and that, um, you know, a couple of times that could have gone either way, um, that, you know, sort of your, you have to get, um, you have to make sure that everything is delivered and delivered well. Uh, and I can put a um, quite a strain on the organisation. The, there's been no crossroads in the basic delivery model because we've um, we've held firm with that. I mean, we are an asset lock social enterprise. We put a charity on top. Um, we're obviously very values driven, and that's what you know. That's what we, we that's where we sit. Um, so that's that, that's always been very clear. There's been um, a lot of debate on on how we expand. I mean, because expansion is quite important to us. Um, so how do we expand, you know, geographically, and how do we expand with, within communities of need? Um, but the biggest, you know, the biggest challenges are with any, um, and they're no different to a private sector business. I mean, you know, the the actual challenges are growth. So you know, can you get the finance right? Can you get the staff right? Um, so which is exactly the same within um, a fast-growing SME. One area I'd be interested in getting your views, Di, is around scaling social enterprise, uh, not something that many social enterprises have done very successfully. So the challenge, I think, for social enterprise is, what I've said before, is to make sure that you can deliver on both a commercial and social mission. Um, and um, in a lot of ways, it's not that different to any other business. You've just got more bottom lines um, to cover all the time. Uh, one of the challenges is the people that actually run and work in social enterprises tend to want to do um, a lot of good all the time. So rather than build up a balance sheet, they'll actually want to spend the money, as we do, on, um, on delivering services. Um, now, you know, that's fine and we all do it. Um, but then when you come to grow an organization, you have less, um, you know, you're less in the, in, the, in the tank to grow it with. But I think the fundamental difference, why, well, one of the differences why social enterprises are not, are not of scale. There's various things. The first one, I think, it, it takes time. So, um, like any, you know, if you take out the internet companies or the, you know, you know the very fast-growing, um, the odd finance company and sort of, um, I don't know, doorstep lending or something, but most good sustainable businesses grow over, over 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, and I think what we need to be able to do in our sector is make sure that actually people leading the organizations and the board's organizations look to grow it year on year to get to the same you know, sort of level as good, solid SMEs get over the same sort of life cycle. So it's not going to happen very quickly, it, and it, or not ridiculously quickly, and in a lot of ways it shouldn't, but it should happen. But the other two key issues, I think, with... Um, with our sector, if you're a director of a purely commercial company, you have a legal duty to maximise shareholder value. Very, very clear. So you have you have a duty to maximise the value 
the money that you can get out of the organization for shareholders. In our sector and under our um, usual governance rules, there's nothing that the board has or that any director has that maximizes anything. It's all about minimizing risk. Um, so our board members, if you're a charity, it's very clear that you know you have to look after the um, the, the assets of the, of the charity in a, um, a in a prudent way. Um, and there's nothing in that that says you have to maximize anything. So if we could sort of change some of the um, the legal structure to say actually you have a responsibility to maximize the good you do. Um, and not just do good. So to try to maximize the good for the beneficiary. That sort of change, and whether it's a legal change or a mindset change, I don't know, but it's that, that sort of change. How do you maximize something? And the second side, I think, is actually we're very, very poor in general on mergers and acquisitions in our sector. Um, so everyone wants to run and own their own social enterprise. Um, and if people thought, well, actually, the reason we're running this is to do a level of service, and if we ran it alongside someone else, or if we took someone else over, or they took us over, then collectively we could do a lot more. Um, again, it's, it's a mindset change, um, and we need to be able to um, talk about mergers and acquisitions in the same way as the as the private sector do. That's a very interesting point, and I think something I've certainly noticed: the proliferation of of different kinds of organisations that are, you know, doing good work, but many in the same area possibly overlapping, possibly difficult to identify where one is specializing and fits in compared to other others as well, but definitely uh, interesting. Um, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, just on that theme, I think one of the things that we have is that um, if you look, we, ha- we have an awful lot of younger people who want to work in HCT out of, you know, straight out of management school or, you know, MBA grads or, um, or whatever. Um, but they're not all going to be CEOs. Yeah. Um, the vast majority are going to be um, working, you know, in an organisation, and it might be at, you know, um, it might be chief operation officer level, it might be chief finance, it might be um, head of, you know, a service delivery or something, it might be in a, a marketing or business development role. Um, but unless we have organisations of scale, then we're not creating career paths for people who want to work in, in the in the social enterprise sector. Um, we're actually excluding a lot of people who'd be, love to work in the sector, have the skills to do it, but they're not necessarily the CEO. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. And I suppose as a role model organization in the lessons that for, for other social entrepreneurs seeing HCT growing and, and how you do that must be inspiring in itself. Um, well, hopefully, I mean, obviously we don't do it for that reason, but hopefully, and, but hopefully that if there's enough organizations like ourselves, then we can have clear paths for people within organizations, you know, within, um, sorry, within the sector. Um, so, you know, we can have people who um, join us on maybe management training course and then go on to work for another social enterprise and then end up as a, I don't know, a CFO of another social enterprise. Um, and that's the sort of ecosystem that we need to, need to develop. Absolutely. That's very interesting. Just one area that you mentioned earlier that I'd like to try and understand. This You were mentioning balancing the social and the business. I suppose there are many different ways to do that. One would might be to, to, you know, to balance projects uh, or contracts to do one more, one more commercial contract and one more social or something like that. So that, you know, you'd, and, and another way might be to try and, you know, blend them in every contract as it were. I mean, I'm, I'm simplifying here, I suppose, but 
uh, to what extent, how do you approach that? I mean, trying to be, if you were able to give me an example or look a bit more systematically at something like that. Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting because what we sort of, when we're looking at contracts, what we try to look at is what's the impact that we can make. So not what, what is the impact of the contract, but what's the different impact that ATT could make if we do that contract. And it might be that it's a contract that we think is, um, is lucrative, that we can make some money out of, and then we can reinvest that money into a, a, a social part of the organization. It might be a contract that actually we can think we can do in a different way, which has a positive social impact for the people using that service, or it might have a positive social impact for people who are commissioning that service. Um, so there's various ways that we look at it, and all our managers are tasked with, you know, sort of, um, on a day-to-day basis, what is the additionality of impact that they are making um, in their unit, um, and then our overall sort of business development team, it's actually what is it per contract? Is it a contract that is um, basically designed just to try to make it some money, or is it one actually that has a lot more layers of impact within the contract that by us doing it, we can deliver, whereas other people might not be able to deliver that impact. Well, it's very interesting, and, and obviously at the heart of what's an evolving area, in a sense, you're probably having to do this you know, in a unique way for your organization because th- these kind of ideas and, and processes are, are, are perhaps less well-established than you know, some of the more straightforward you know, uh, profit-making business operations. Yes, I mean... A lot of the things we, we, we've been involved with over the last um, five or ten years are very, um, I suppose they're in their infancy. Uh, and so, you know, the whole idea of social finance, the whole idea of impact um, measurement within organizations, and then, you know, taking it even to a further level, the actual reason the organization exists on impact, all those things are quite new. Um, and in some ways, we're sort of, we're, we're feeling our way like others are. Um, which is quite exciting in a lot of ways, um, and it'd be interesting to see how that all shakes down over the years. But, um, but all those areas are, are very important to a, you know, to a to a social enterprise like us. Excellent. So I, I mentioned that your uh, success is is obviously inspiring other social entrepreneurs. Who has inspired you personally? <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting. We haven't. I suppose um, there wasn't a lot that you know in the social enterprise sort of sphere that have gone before us in that way. And because we didn't start out, out to follow a business model, we just started out with our own business model, which sort of evolved. Um, we weren't actually following a a, um, a player. There's you know, it's great organisations out there. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you know, when we were sort of building it or. Um, there wasn't really anyone specific that we were, we were trying to emulate. Um, it was just, well, you know, this is what we need to do to get this business to the next stage. Absolutely. Um, so I can't really help you on that one. No, don't, don't worry, don't worry. Um, it's it's interesting uh, to, to, you know, because as I say, it's been an unfolding story for you, hasn't it? It's 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 You've been spontaneously, I suppose, responding to the developments of, of the organisation rather than, you know, coming in with a, a fixed idea, as it were, of what, what you want to do. Yeah, and also, I suppose, the um, because the, the, you know, the social enterprise as a sector is very new anyhow, and um, so, you know, there wasn't um, a lot 
you know, a lot of the things we've tried have been tried for the first time sort of thing. So, that, you know, there wasn't a lot out there that, you know, that you could say, ah, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll follow that model. Um, so more than likely we've made sort of more mistakes than, <laughs> than most have made, but that's, yeah, that's part of it. Yes. Uh, did you think that's important? Because, uh, you know, people talk a lot about learning from failure and there's different kinds of failure. But I suppose in, a, in an area which is evolving and there are new paths required, if, if people aren't willing to, to take certain kinds of measured risks, I suppose, or uh, at least to think about way doing things differently than um, the challenge coming up with new ideas. Yeah, I mean, you know, sort of any business will have, you know, will have levels of failure even if the business doesn't fail. Um, so, you know, if you, if everything you try always succeeds, then you're obviously not trying hard enough um, because, you know, there will always be things that you try that don't work, um, which is fine. I mean, that's, and again, I, I suppose that's making sure that everyone's comfortable that, with that, um, you know, with that level of measured risk. Um, I mean, entrepreneurs are not, Risk takers. I mean, that's always been a bit of a myth. What you know, what they tend to do is understand risk, um, and that's rather, you know, they're not gamblers as such. Um, and that's, um, yeah, you know, that's always been a bit of a misconception. I think. Yes, it's interesting. It's interesting the term social entrepreneur because another term which I, I guess you see around being used is change makers or something like that. And I know the Ashoka, they talk about that. Um, I don't know, because I suppose being a social entrepreneur also puts the focus on being the, 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 maybe the CEO, the entrepreneur, rather than you know a person who's part of an organization that wants to make a difference, I suppose. Uh, I don't know whether you, the, the, the language you thought about that. <laughs> I mean, we don't usually use the word social entrepreneur very much at all, but we do use the word a social enterprise. Um, because at a certain scale, it's you know it is the enterprise and not the entrepreneur. Um, so you know we're, the organisation that we have that's been built or HCD has been built is uh, being designed to be built for the next generation and the generation after that, um, and then it will be run as a you know as a social enterprise. More than likely, it will not be run by um, as entrepreneurially. Um, as most mature organisations aren't, um, most mature organisations in the SME sector move from the you know the entrepreneurial phase into the sort of um, into the structured management phase. Um, I imagine the same will happen with ACT. Absolutely, yes, yes. And uh, in terms of advice for aspiring social entrepreneurs, uh, people wanting to follow in, in in your footsteps in 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 and doing the you know creating organizations that are capable of delivering they're sustainable and capable of delivering social change are, are there a few pieces of advice you might give them um i think the, the biggest piece of advice is the hard yards you've got to do the hard yards um as a rugby terminology but it, you know you have to do the sort of you know, um the, the boring day-to-day of running a business um so there's it's not all, you know, it's not glory, glory in the early years. It's actually just, you know, it's hard slog. Um, and as in any business, it's hard slog. Um, and it's doing the hard yards um, and being very comfortable with doing the hard yards. And then if you get those right, then income the backs and everything works fine. But um, it's making sure that, you know, you're comfortable in just grinding out the hard yards. Excellent, excellent. And, and, and uh, nearly there, in terms of having a support for... Uh, I mean, as you said, when you set out, social entrepreneurship didn't exist as an area, and you're doing very novel things. How how did did you approach getting support? Did you have some mentors? Were you a member of different organisations? Are there things like that that you think are helpful? 
Um, no, didn't have any mentors because um, the the people that I I looked at um, were uh, too far off the spectrum. I think from what we were trying to deliver. Um, I think it's, it's changed now. I think there's a lot more people understand what what social enterprise is. Um, so I think that um, that it wouldn't be the case now. Um, what you seek out is is people with ideas. Um, and you always, you know, you always spend your time. And I still spend my time now trying to find people with ideas, and it might be on, um, it might be on different ways of delivering, it might be on social finance, it might be on governance or structures. Um, I'm just trying to find and, you know, uh, pick the brains of people who know a lot more about that specific area than you know. Um, I think the the ecosystem for social entrepreneurs is um, is getting much better. Um, and I think I, I think that's all for the good. Um, I think there needs to be, you know, a lot more free and free and frank exchange of views, um, but you know, in a, in, in a supportive way. Um, there, there there can be sometimes a level of criticism for criticism's sake. Um, so there's quite a few people, which you get with any um, emerging sector, I think. Um, so there's an awful lot of people will talk about it, write about it, and support it, but there's not always enough people doing it. Um, and it's the people that are doing the hard yards that are the ones that are going to make the difference. Um, and what they need around them is an ecosystem to enable them to carry on doing that. Yeah, excellent, excellent. And what's your next stage of growth, your aspirations for HCT? Um, we're going to do more of the same. Um, so we've never sort of, in some ways, been very deviated from that. So we're going to carry on growing the organisation. I mean, you know, historically we've been growing at around 20, 25% a year. Um, that will more than likely slow slightly to around the 15, 20% a year. But you know, we want to carry on growing the organisation at a at a pretty significant rate. We want to deliver on our our social impact objectives um, and the financial objectives to make that work. So you know, what we want to do is build um, build HCT just to be you know just to be bigger and better. Excellent, excellent. And this is the final question. And it's interesting because you mentioned the kind of growth that you've achieved. Um, and you know, clearly at the beginning, from uh, low levels of, 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 of um, relatively low levels, it's, it's easy enough, to, not easy enough, but you, to, to get, you, 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 you can get uh, percentage growth rates that are more impressive, shall we say. But as you've continued to grow, you have continued to deliver you know, some you know, very impressive growth rates. Um, what what how, how do you do that? <laughs> That's just a little simple question there, Di, at the end. I've just thrown in. <laughs> That's about two hours. <laughs> I suppose, you know, fundamentally, you know, growth is, everyone understands in the business, it's about growing the business. And I'm not saying the social enterprises can't be good if they're small. Of course they can be. Um, but our, our mission is to actually, you know, what is, it, what is it like at scale? What is it like when you're competing with the, the very big commercial players at scale? So, so we have the thing of growth, and, um, and it's a mantra we have that, you know, you know how do you grow your, your department? How do you grow your, 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 your operation? Um, and at you know, senior level, right, you know, what's the next area that we can grow? The exciting thing is that we have so much opportunity. So for a business, we have a, a pipeline, which is, you know, it's, it's like a funnel. Um, you know, we can choose which work we, we pitch for which we don't. Um, and we put ourselves in that position. So, as you say, when you're, when you're in your early stage, it's easier to get higher percentage growth um, because you only have to win um, a small amount of work to do it. When you're larger, it's much harder. But what's happened as we've grown is our, our pipeline has increased 
at the same sort of rate as we've grown. Right, right. And is it a cultural thing in the organisation? Is there some message that, you know, in order to continue to offer the services and to be sustainable and to deliver the quality work that we need to have, you know, a foundation and strong, you know, economic, strong business foundation and therefore we need to continue to grow? Yeah, and part of it is because, you know, if we can do um, X amount of social good at this size, if we're 10 times this, this size, can we do 10 times the amount of good? Um, and if you can, then obviously the, the, the logic is to grow it, um, because the more good you do, the better. Thank you, Di, for, for speaking to me today on Inspiring Social Entrepreneurs. It's been a fascinating insight into HCT and your approach to building and growing a successful social business. Thank you for listening to the Inspiring Social Entrepreneur podcast. I hope you found this interview inspiring. Please make sure to visit www.inspiringsocialentrepreneurs.com and subscribe to make sure you don't miss any future podcasts.